welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi friends, welcome to the latest episode of Ed Leader. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. I've been blown away by the tremendous growth of the Ed Leader community, and I want to thank you for helping spread the word about the podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the Ed Leader podcast on your favorite podcast player right on your smartphone and find show notes at drrobjackson.com. I'm extremely excited about today's conversation. Let's get to it. Most successful schools and school systems recognize and empower teachers as leaders. Teachers work directly with students and parents and are best positioned to recognize the strengths, challenges, and opportunities a student has. Today, I'm excited to sit down virtually with two amazing ed leaders. Like their colleagues and peers around the world, these two very experienced classroom teachers have had to radically change how they deliver instruction and support students. Having observed in their classrooms, worked with them on committees, and personally sought their input, I can assure you that these are two of the finest teachers that I have ever had the opportunity to serve with. Ms. Stacy Banks is a 23-year teaching veteran. She teaches 5th grade at D.F. Walker Elementary School. Ms. Krista Perry is a 7th grade math teacher at Joan Middle School in her 16th year of teaching. They are my teammates, my friends, and I'm excited to share their journey into remote learning with you. Please help me welcome Ms. Stacy Banks and Ms. Krista Perry. Hi, Krista. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Dr. Jackson. I am so excited to have a few moments to talk to two of my greatest heroes, amazing teachers, very experienced teachers who have faced perhaps one of the greatest challenges in their career, as all teachers have across our country and around the world. And so let me start by just saying thank you for your time. I appreciate you both giving up. In fact, for us, it's spring break. So giving up a few moments from spring break just to have a conversation. Thank you. Well, thanks for your leadership, Dr. Jackson. That's really appreciated too. Krista, I appreciate that. Let's kind of jump right in. So It's been about a month or so ago that our governor on a Saturday afternoon said that he was going to close schools for two weeks and then later close the schools in our state of North Carolina through May 15th. What was your initial reaction to hearing the news that the governor was going to close schools as you thought about your own work, as you thought about your students, as you thought about your family? Stacy, what was your reaction? I think at first we were all kind of in disbelief. You know, we just are kind of like everybody else. It's going to stay on the West Coast. It's not going to come, you know, to North Carolina. And I think a lot of people thought, you know, initially that we were jumping the gun, maybe being a little bit too proactive. But then, 
you know, very quickly we realized that this was, this was the smart thing to do. This was the number one priority to keep our babies safe, to keep, you know, our community safe and, and to, to try to keep those numbers down. I think it, a realization kind of hit everybody quickly in a matter of hours that, oh my gosh, this is, this is not just what's on TV. This is really happening here. Krista, what was your initial reaction? Basically the same thing as what Stacey was saying. Uh, I think the quickness really is what caught us. You know, Friday, we thought we were going to see our kids on Monday. That's right. And then over the weekend, we were told we weren't. You know, I'm at a middle school and I would have grabbed them all and gave, gave them a hug, whether they wanted it or not, you know, these middle schoolers. But, you know, we had no idea. It just came so fast. So, Krista, you mentioned... Friday afternoon, you expect to see them on Monday. And in fact, Friday afternoon, the governor announced that we were going to stay in school. And I sent out an announcement that the governor said that. And then less than 24 hours later, we found out we'd be closed for at least two weeks. What were your first steps as a teacher to begin to prepare for this new world of remote learning? Well, I want to say that we have, a, we have great direction from our administration here at Sean Middle School. Miss White has been very proactive. She stayed at least one step ahead of the game. She's had a plan in place. All of our administrators, Miss Bobby, Miss Pate, they've been great leaders. It's made it less stressful than it could have been. Miss White invited Carrie Spivey from our tech department to come in the week, our last week with children. And Ms. Spivey helped every teacher get set up in Google Classroom. All our students joined our classrooms that week. And all this happened before we even knew we were going to start remote learning. We just had, you know, no idea what was going to happen the next week. So we were already set up. We had an organized plan. We were ready to go. I think our students only missed about two days of instruction, which really provided consistency, I think, to their learning. So I think just having that plan in place, good direction from administrators helped, helped us get through the situation. Absolutely. And of course, I give credit to the entire staff, really in all of our schools, but particularly there at Chowan Middle School for being prepared for what we didn't know was coming. You know, we never know as educators what a day may bring, what a lesson may bring. Things can turn around very quickly in the middle of the day, depending on where students are and what happens in the school and that sort of thing. And so we have to be prepared. And certainly that preparation, I think, served the middle school well. Some of our listeners may remember that we are a one-to-one school district in terms of digital learning devices. And so what that means for us is that our students in grades 6 through 12th grade have Chromebooks that they are able to take home on a daily basis. That's not the case typically in our school system for students kindergarten through fifth grade, where our kindergarten through second graders have iPads, but those stay at the school, and our third graders through fifth grade have Chromebooks, but those also stay at the school. And so, Stacy, as a fifth grade teacher, you were kind of in a different place in terms of what the students had access initially to. So what were your first steps preparing for what was initially a two-week closure and then now this much extended closure? Well, once we got your information that we were going to be closed for two weeks, we immediately started um, sending emails, sending texts within our grade level teams and pulling together information. We knew that we would you know, just be in the two-week window, and that would be it. We decided to come together and have a grade-level packet that we could send out. I mean, it was just amazing to see people sharing out ideas, 
you know, vertically, horizontally. And we came up with these awesome packets and, you know, things that were review material, you know, because again, we were hoping that this was just going to be a two week time period. And then once we realized that we were going to be able to do meal distribution, we were able to deliver packets along with meals. I think one of the best things was for us as teachers and teacher assistants to get to go with these bus drivers and to get to go with these cafeteria workers to actually deliver. You know, I rode one of the buses with a teacher assistant bus driver from White Oak and just watching her interact with the kids that are on her bus route. Yes was just amazing. I mean, I was just about in tears watching her wave at the kids. You know, she got them to come out to the bus door so we could deliver their lunches, deliver their packets to them. And the kids were just so grateful to see a face from school. And it it didn't even matter that I wasn't their teacher. One of the girls, I know she's in in a colleague's classroom, but she ran up to me just like she had been in my classroom since August, you know, she, they just wanted that connection. And I think that's probably been the hardest for the kids is the disconnect from us emotionally. You know, the education part is of course a challenge, but a lot of these kids, we're the ones that give them love every day. And that's a a total disconnect for them that I'm sure is, is a challenge. Absolutely. And you know, there's so much there, Stacey, from being on the buses and going into the neighborhoods and handing out the meals, handing out the packets has just been an eye-opening experience for all our staff members who've been involved in that. And so I do think there's a lot there. Krista, you mentioned middle schoolers, adolescents in particular, with their need for a hug, whether they tell us or not. How has that gone in terms of trying to be supportive of our students emotionally and all the other support they typically get from a teacher, how have you tried to make that happen for them in this new remote learning world? Well, Dr. Jackson, we know that middle middle schoolers are kind of a unique crowd. I think they've kept in touch with each other through their technology, their phones, trying to get them hooked in a little bit into our Google Classroom and communicating with the teacher. You know, you've got to kind of grab their attention what middle schoolers love is like one hand in a talkie bag and one hand on a phone, you know? (laughs) So one way to grab their attention is through food and technology. So one thing I've done with Google meet, I had a Google meet. I had it at eight o'clock at night because you know how kids love at middle school, love to sleep in. So I want to make sure everybody was awake. So we did a Google meeting eight o'clock one night. What I did was I had a drawing for some like fast food gift cards, things like that. So students who had completed their work the week before, all of their work, their name went into a drawing. And the kids got a little excited about that because they won some uh, food right, that right. I mailed to them the next day. So just trying to get them a little excited about actually coming to school without being at school. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned food and earlier we were talking about meal distribution We serve in a rural community. We serve in a high poverty community. And so we know that there are a lot of children from food insecure homes. And so being able to deliver meals through the yellow buses and being able to have some pickup sites for parents to pick up lunch and breakfast for our students has been really important. But there are also some other resources that our children in our community really doesn't have And in fact, the two of you are really demonstrating that in this conversation. And so I'll just share with our listeners, 
we're socially distant, so we're recording this, but each of the incredible teachers I'm talking to are not in their homes. Ms. Perry is in the parking lot at Choan Middle School, and Ms. Banks is on the playground at D.F. Walker Elementary School, the schools they teach in, so they can access the internet on the school system's internet, and it's because in our rural community, there's just not access to high quality internet. And so one of the things we've had to set up are park and learn opportunities for our students to pull into the parking lot at a church or a school and use the internet. Stacy, what other resource challenges have you encountered as we've kind of gone through this and, and how have you tried to address those with your students? I think one of the big things I saw the very first week that we went digital was just kids not doing the work. And then, you know, of course, I was really upset because I'd worked so hard to plan all these great lessons on Google Classroom and recorded myself. And, you know, that was just really upset. So when we had our class Zoom meeting, our first one, what I realized is that, of course, they wanted to do the work, but they wanted to see each other. You know, I, in the Zoom meeting, I went over, you know, the assignments. I shared the screen. You know, anybody have any questions about the work? Nope, no questions about the work. They just wanted to see each other. They wanted to talk. And then getting them to actually complete the work. What I found is that they, a lot of these kids, even at, at our age level, 3-5, a lot of them are at home, kind of by themselves, maybe with teenage brothers and sisters during the day, you know, with parents, the show must go on as far as they're working. So, you know, when mom has worked a, a 10 or 12 hour shift and she comes home at dinner time and says, have you done your work? Of course, Johnny's going to say, yes, I, I got all my work done. <laughs> but he spent all day playing basketball with his friends and having a good time. So, I think that has put, you know, a hardship on parents, too, with us being out of school, trying to find daycare. I know a lot of kids have had to go stay with grandma during the day. Grandma doesn't have internet, and it, that is a big challenge. So we have kind of switched over to offering a paper packet as well. So parents can, you know, in our conversations that we're having, if, if internet is an issue or, you know, the kid holding up their computer saying, see, I did it. <laughs> And the parent doesn't have the, you know, background with Google Classroom to know whether the kid's, you know, being legit or not. So, but the parents can look at the paper packet and see if that's done. So that's been a transition that we've moved into in the last two weeks. Isn't it interesting when we think about and bring that story fully around? So in our elementary schools, we started out, we weren't sending home devices on a daily basis. And so pretty quickly into the process, we made the decision to send devices home. And so delivering all of those devices, even though we had the devices, we're very fortunate in our school system to have had that. We still had to get those home. And so as a matter of course, all of our staff and all of our educators, just like they, they have across the country, had to change what they're doing. Each of you are experienced classroom teachers. If a typical career is 30 years, you're both more than halfway through your career, approaching two-thirds of the way through your career. And so you've been teaching a long time, but never like this. Teachers across the country and probably around the world are out of their comfort zone. Krista, what's that journey been like for you as a teacher, as a learner, having to teach in a radically different way? Dr. Jackson, it has changed, definitely. 
because of the support, our administrators have made it a lot easier for us having some plans in place and all like we talked about. Our middle schoolers, I think they're enjoying their new scheduling just because <laughs> the type of people that they are, you know, they might want to sleep half the day and, you know, that's okay with us. We're putting out assignments like for the week. And they can work on it at their own pace, how they want to do it. If they want to do a whole day of math, you know, get all of their assignments for the week done in one day for math, you know, if that helps them, that's great. Trying to work with them. We've seen, by example, our ECPS leaders extend grace and mercy. I've heard you say that many times. And as teachers, we want to do the same thing. Right. We got to keep in mind our students here have six classes and we don't want to overload them. We don't want them stressed out. We don't know what their home situation is, like Stacy was talking about earlier. You know, maybe they are home alone. They're teenagers. Most the time you know parents will leave them at home alone maybe they're in charge of younger children in the home uh, maybe their parent has lost their job and they're really stressed we don't know what's going on so we've been guided by our awesome ecps staff to self-care and we know our kids need that too so we want to stress that right well and i appreciate you reflecting that back krista because what i heard from both of you and have heard from both of you and is the grace you're extending to students as we recognize this is new for them as well and for parents and the challenges our parents have around childcare and trying to support our students and help them with their work when they may have no idea how to help them with the work or, or how to turn on a Chromebook or access Google Classroom. So one of the things that I've been very impressed with, with the two of you and our teachers throughout the district is this willingness to do whatever it takes. And so, you know, there's that paradigm that a teacher who's been teaching for a long time could be set in their ways and not want to change. And I've not seen that at all. What I've seen from our experienced teachers like the two of you is this willingness just to do whatever has to be done and to do so with really a positive spirit. Now, that doesn't mean it's all rainbows and unicorns. We certainly understand it. It's very hard work on the best of days and certainly when things change so much, but that's not really what I've seen from my perspective. What is it, Stacy, that keeps you so positive? And is that what you're seeing from your colleagues or am I just missing the mark in terms of? Most definitely. I, I really think as a system, as a whole, you know, we, we, we joke about your hashtags. <laughs> But <laughs> so we we are all in, you know, we we are 100 percent and it only takes a text message, an email, somebody yelling out of their classroom door. I need tape, you know, and we're in there. And I think that's so powerful. And maybe it's because, you know, we are in a small system. But I really think, you know, in the last few years, our our mentality has changed. You know, you talked about the system of schools. I really feel like we are a family, you know, we have each other's back and maybe it is because we're small, but I just feel like everybody is so passionate about what they do. And that just bleeds over into your partner, you know, that bleeds into your colleague. And I think that our administrators, they have that built into how they, they run their buildings. You know, the community feel is there most definitely. And I think that every one of us from pre-K on up to 12th grade, I feel like we're invested in our kids. We're not just running another group of kids through our classroom. Like it's an actual 
investment into our future as a county because we have so many of our kids that don't go away, you know, they they stay here. But I think the big thing that I've seen here, particularly at DF Walker, is the knowledge of our students. We don't just know them academically. We don't know, you know, just their EOG scores from third grade, from fourth grade. We know who they live with, who their mamas are, you know, we just find out so much information about them. So we know them in every facet of their life. And I think that's what helps us to be able to to just dive right in because we see, you know, the situations that they're living in at home. And it makes it so much more powerful to be able to reach out to them and help them. It's just an amazing feeling. And, I, and part of the teaching job, you know, of course, we want them to do academically well. But the thing that I love the most is just that emotional connection that you can have with your kids. It makes your day. When they come back years later to visit, you know that you did more for that kid than just teach them the content. Absolutely. And Stacy, you know, we see that. I see that a few years back, as you know, we followed the lead. I think a school system in Texas was the first to do it, but we started our senior walk so that our yes. high school seniors put on their cap and gown for the very first time, jumped on the school buses and parade through each of the schools. Most of our students have been in our school system all the way through from kindergarten through 12th grade. And as I see students in their cap and gown who were almost breaking your ribs, Stacy, yes. the elementary school who are crushing your ribs, Krista, at the middle school. It just resonates within me and it just really brings over this powerful emotional response as I see the relationships that teachers throughout our school system, because we do want to be a school system and not a system of schools, we very much buy into that notion of family. But as I see teachers become such an integral part, and all staff members, not just teachers, but yeah. become such an integral part of our students, it really warms my heart because I know that becomes that support system. You have to live it and breathe it. It really does become who you are. Absolutely. Well, well, who you are, Stacy, and who you are, Krista, is exactly that. You are two people who live and breathe caring for our students. You're making an incredible difference in the lives of the students in your classroom and the lives of the teachers and colleagues that you work with, and certainly in my life as well, because I aspire to make the kind of difference I watch and witness the two of you make. And so I very much appreciate you and what you do every single day. I appreciate you for spending some time out of your spring break driving to school so you could access the internet so we could have this conversation so I could share the amazing teachers that I'm so blessed to work with. Thank you both for all you do. Thank you for your leadership. It means a lot to us um, as teachers in our system to know that, that you're there for us. Thank you, Stacy. Exactly. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. Thank you, Krista, so much. I hope that you enjoyed our time together with Ms. Banks and Ms. Perry. Their reminder that students want and need a connection was especially timely. I would encourage you to encourage your team to respond with grace whenever possible to students, teachers, and staff during this time of great change and uncertainty. 
thank you for spending time with me today, and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ad Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.